BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hello, 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 or should that be hola, amigos? The dust, though, has settled on Rally Mexico, and this time round, we'll be heading to New Zealand on Spin the Rally Pod. I'm Lisa Rose Sullivan, and I must admit, in this edition, you're not going to hear much from me. I won't explain why I'm missing. Fortunately, the team hardly noticed, so let's say no more about it. No Luke today. But we do have former motorsport team boss George Donaldson, who's multitasking from Scotland and shaking the dust from their rally boots, hot off the plane from Leon and Guanajuato, Dirtfish.com senior staff writer David Evans and the voice of rally himself, Colin Clark. You two should be heading further south by now, shouldn't you? Yeah, it would have been great, wouldn't it, if we'd been heading directly from Mexico to Otago. My goodness me, what a doubleheader that would have been. Uh, we can't go, but David, obviously the event is happening and it really is probably the biggest event in the Southern Hemisphere this year, I'd have said. I, I agree, absolutely, Cole. It's, uh, it's a huge thing and it's, you know, it is really bad news for, for everybody outside of New Zealand that we can't get there. Uh, but all the people in New Zealand now, it's it's open to them again. That incredible ceremonial start in Dunedin, which which you've been to, uh, I haven't been fortunate enough to to go to yet. It, it's open. Share, share that um, with us, Colin. Share that yes, with tell us, us Colin. Tell us about. No, it's, it's just do you know what? It's it's one of those great rallies where you know the, the the rally takes over the town. The town Dunedin's not a huge place. There aren't really outside of Auckland and I suppose Christ, Christchurch. There aren't any enormous cities. In New Zealand, and Dunedin is is uh, you know it's it's a beautiful, beautiful old city. It's the little Edinburgh, Edinburgh. of the South, it's, it's Edinburgh of the South, exactly. Um, but it's not so so big that the rally gets lost in it. And they have this amazing start right in the centre of town. There's there's a beautiful kind of uh, feature in the centre of town which is taken over by the rally. And you know you, 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 it's just absolutely rammed with rally cars, and in particular with Mark II escorts. That's what struck me. It was my Okay, I'd, I'd been there for a couple of days before the rally and I'd had a look around the stages. But obviously the ceremonial start was the first part of the rally and it just, you know, I was just taken aback by just how magnificent the centre of town looked. Absolutely full of Mark II escorts and beautiful rally cars and people, you know, the, the, the townsfolk turn up um, to support the rally and the atmosphere was incredible. Okay, it was a little bit chilly, it was a little bit wet, but it didn't really matter, you know. That's, that's what the rally was was all about, so... Yeah, it kicks off with that ceremonial start, which which really gets gets everyone in the mood. Oh dear, George, is that, is that <laughs> your call from that's, offshore? That's me. Uh, I'll just I'll just mute myself somehow. Actually, if I can, I can't think how to do that. Here we go. I'm not sure how you mute one of these calls. There we go. George George is a, a very busy man, uh, quite clearly. But just a little bit of geography. Uh, Dunedin is on the southeast-ish coast of the South Island. Uh, yeah. So it is sort of directly south down the coast from Christchurch. 
Um, and and it's well, I haven't been there for the rally. I have been there um, on holiday a couple of times, um, and it is just a spectacular place, isn't it, Collie? Go back in inland to the to the Rock and Pillar Ridge, uh, Rock and Pillar Range. Sorry, excuse me. Uh, and the the roads are quite different, though. That it's not you know North Island. You have these classically cambered roads. Uh, it's different down there, isn't it? They're a bit wider, a bit more Finland esque. Well, they are a bit more Finland-like. Yeah, some some places they're a little wider, but in other places it's it's Finland but narrower, uh, and Finland with a little bit more what I would call topography, a little bit more up and down. Okay, we we do see that we see rolling roads in Finland, don't we? Yeah. Uh, whereas in the South Island, it, it is actually quite in places quite hilly, but but it, you you get the feeling for the rally as you drive down if you. You know, if you ever go, and I, I'd absolutely, okay, it's a very, very long way, but with, with the world opening up again, people are looking at, at treating themselves, aren't they, and, and doing something a bit special for their next trip overseas. You know, if you're looking at go next year, I, I couldn't recommend it enough. And I, I do what I did, fly, fly into, into Christchurch and drive down that coast road because it just, you, you, you drive down and it gets you in the mood because you know you're looking at these roads you're looking at the hills thinking this is absolutely rally country. Mm. Um, and as you say, quite different from what I suppose a lot of our, our rally friends are used to. Um, you're watching New Zealand and, and watching the, the, the beautiful stages in the North Island. It is quite different, but, but it's very, very much still New Zealand. And it's still got that, oh, that yeah. New Zealand atmosphere, that New Zealand feeling and, and that New Zealand passion for rallying because it's, you know, sometimes it's easy to forget. It's, it's, a, it's a big sport down there. You know, when, when you get an entry list of 100 plus cars, you, you know it's a big sport. It is. Uh, and and they're, they're absolutely passionate about it. And, and they're passionate about their great events. And there are a few great events down there. There's a Silver Fern Rally. There's obviously Rally in New Zealand. But, you know, arguably Otago Rally is the absolute biggest rally in New Zealand. And, it, and it's always incredibly, incredibly well supported. I, I think I've got to say, I couldn't land into Christchurch because I'm actually, I would be ashamed banned? to go. Banned? I am oh, not banned, banned for some reason. Well, <laughs> this, here's a story, a very quick story for you. Do you remember that uh, the program called Challenge Annika? This is going oh, back a few. <laughs> this is going back a while. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Sandra and I went down there for the first time in 2003, uh, a long time ago. Obviously, we were just children uh, traveling together, <laughs> uh, and we, you know, in in a central Christchurch, they do a lot of punting. It's very like Oxford and Cambridge. Um, yeah. In in so we went. We went to go on the, the punt in the middle of the city. If Christ Christchurch is a city, I think. Yeah. So in the yeah, middle yeah. of the city, uh, and. It struck us that a couple of weeks before we left, this this city had been on Challenge Annika. Challenge Annika was this thing, and this woman called Annika Rice, where she had to go and find clues. She'd find a clue, and then she'd run across the city to the next place, or jump in a helicopter and go to find the next clue. One of the clues was uh, hidden underneath a seat in one of these punts. <laughs> so we got on this boat, and it suddenly struck us that the guy that was doing the punting was the same guy that had been on Challenge Annika. And we were saying, Crikey, we saw you on telly three weeks ago. And he was like, oh, yeah. And obviously, they came down and filmed it. And I said, oh, we've, we actually, because we were going on holiday to New Zealand, we'd recorded it. So I said, oh, we've, we've, got, we've got you on tape at home. And he was like, oh, brilliant. I said, I'll send you the tape. And we became immediately great friends. And, and he so gave we, you a discount, he, obviously. No, he gave us the, 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 the ride for free. And we were oh, like, no, yeah. no, we'll pay. No, no, you have that on me. And it, I mean, it was quite expensive, and he'd given us a bit of extra time, and we chatted and blah, blah, blah. And we were like, yeah, brilliant. 
gave us the address, sent the video, got home, and I could not. I'd recorded over it with Top Gear or something. <laughs> and, and and I felt really, really guilty. Cheap, that Cheapskate. I know, there was Terrible nothing I could do. So, so, so yeah, I won't be going in Christchurch. But well, listen, yeah. <clears throat> if that punt man is listening just now, yeah, apologies. Uh, get in touch with me. I'll give you David Evans' address. <laughs> you can send him a bill. Yeah, please do. Please do. <laughs> now, next year, definitely, we will be down for Otago next year, and I will go and see that man in Christchurch. Uh, yeah. But just, I mean, back to the rally. You, you look, we're, we're quite focused. You know, inevitably, I am quite focused on the classic rally because you look at the, like you say, the number of Mark II escorts and the quality of entry. Um, but if you go to the actual first round of the New Zealand Championship, the modern event, it's quite an odd thing, isn't it, in Otago, that yeah. the, the classic came first and the modern followed. Uh, we don't yeah. very often see that. But I think there's something like, is a 19... AP four or Rally two cars doing it. That's that's huge, Carl, isn't it? It's a big, it's a big number. It's a big number, David. And it's you know, as you say, they've, they've got the formula right there. They really do. Yeah. They, they're not too prescriptive. And and it, you know, when I was down there, it was really really interesting because you know there are some great cars. There was a guy, oh, I forget his name, Schenker Schlenker, I think. I can't remember his name. Apologies, Marcus. Apologies. Uh, but he had an RX seven, and you know, this RX seven had a Subaru wing on on the rear of it, and. <laughs> And it was, you know, what, 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 what it, look, but George, what it encouraged, it encouraged people to get back to their, their rallying routes and just get the cars in the garage and just make the best car that they can afford and go out and have some fun. And, you know, there was, there was nothing too prescriptive. So you weren't excluding anyone. You weren't saying to anyone, no, you can't come and join this rally because your car doesn't conform with X, Y, and Z regulations. It was like, yeah, fine. Come on, we'll, we'll, find, we'll find a category for you to fit in with. Now, what was interesting was, at the, the, the award ceremony on the Sunday evening, which was just one of the funniest nights I've ever been to, it was just a huge mm. amount of fun, mostly stoked by Mads Osberg's exploits, I'd have to say. Um, he was great value for money. But there was a guy from the FIA there, and the poor guy, I like this guy a lot, but, but he got up and he just, he just got the tone of it completely wrong. And, you know, it was part of the, uh, that year, Otago was part of the Asia Pacific Championship, and there were only about four entries or something, five entries. It was, it was woeful. Um, but he got up and he said, look, guys, if, if you only did another round of the, the APRC, if one or two of you did another round, then, um, then you could qualify for the final and the finals in India and all the rest. And people are looking at him going, you know, what planet are you on? You know, we, we're rallying because we're having fun. We're not rallying because we want to enter the APRC. You know, we can't afford to adapt our cars to, to meet the regulation requirements, to have the right fuel tanks, to have the right homologated bumpers and all the rest. You know, we are doing this because it's fun. <laughs> you know, yeah. and because we're part of a rally community, not because we want to conform to some FIA prescribed discipline and 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 potentially spend more money going up to Blumen. I think the next round was Fongaree, which you know, Fongaree is is in the north of the North Island. This was in the mid middle of the South Island, uh, and then the final. Yeah, if you qualify for the final, we can all ship our cars off to India. Uh, it was nah. it, it just it just got the it got the the the, the atmosphere. It got the completely wrong, and and you know, and it, it, it to me it highlighted what they've got right in Otago, which is, you know, that open mm. sort of invitation to, to, to encourage people to go rallying. And you saw some great innovations, some great cars, some unbelievably quick cars as well. And they're doing a it, lot right down there. It's a celebration, isn't it? It's a weekend it of a, a celebration of rallying. And we've, we've done a lot uh, on Dirtfish. You know, if you have a look right now, you'll see the, the world's most famous Mark II Escort, which oh. is... A car that is just a beautiful car that this weekend will be driven by Fangadan. 
Uh, if you do, <laughs> Ooh, say that again. Fanger Dan. He is one of the the, the biggest drifters in the world. In the world, Dan Woolhouse uh, from Fangare, actually. So he's he's following Fonger, it. Fangare. He's he's following in the footsteps of Jimmy McRae, Ari Vatten, and Michelle Mouton, Mads Osberg, Marco Martin. Check out that video. It is one of the best uh, that we've produced. Um, and he he got his first taste of the Team Rossendale RS eighteen hundred at the Westland Rally Sprint. Uh, on the 20th of March. And just, if you get a chance, get onto Fangadan's Facebook page and have a look. You know, for a guy who is used to just drifting in circles, he's already got the hang of a, of an RS1800. Um, and it's, it, it is just one of those events. We Up here in, in Britain, we have the Roger Albert Clark, which is a classic rally that essentially does exactly what the old RAC used to do, goes up and down the country. And it really, it's a biennial, biennial event that one for us and it really captures everybody's imagination in the same way that Otago does but it's more than it's about more than that George isn't it you know you go to New Zealand and it is a special place for rallying it it really is i mean the, the well it's it's hard to really convey uh, just how tremendous the roads are because they it it's it's the construction they're they're just so well made and Lovely cambers. They're just the right width, not too wide to be horrendously fast, not too narrow. They've got such character. Ah, I mean, it's just just difficult to actually describe it. Just, I, I, I want to go to 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 Dunedin now. I mean, can I get a flight? I'd, I'd go from Manchester, but I can't. I can't wait the three days in the queue to get to get through. Oh, I, guys. So Manchester Airport for for everybody listening has uh, has something like two day queues to get through the. Uh, the, the the security just it's just quite phenomenal chaos as well George at the baggage reclaim My, mine is still there oh <laughs> seriously really? I, I got in from God. Mexico last night and just gave up gave up so my, my bags are being delivered mm. today but you're quite right you know it would be wouldn't it do you know what and, and how nice is it George I know you're just joking about that but um no, I would go from Edinburgh. Possible. There's no queues at Edinburgh. It's, it's great. possible now to do it. We, we, we could almost make it, George. Yeah. If we left now, we could almost make it. You know, for the last two There's years, no almost make possible. it, Colin. We would be there. We, if, if we decided to go now, we would be there. But I would be... I would, I would lose my job. <laughs> but it's, it, Damn, can't afford to do the, that yet. There is, there is so much going on uh, in Otago. We've got Hamish Bond, who is a former Olympic gold medalist uh, rower. So uh, explain that to us, Cole. You know why? Why do they bring these people in? Well, you know what? It's it's, it's they're a very progressive rally, and and they understand the value of the guys that organise it. The Oakley brothers are, are uh, okay. They're they're the current guardians of the rally, um, uh, and they they picked up on a a wonderful legacy from you know those in the past who have uh, established the rally and brought it on. But they understand the value of promoting the rally. They understand. And, and this is the same with New Zealand rally drivers and Australian rally drivers. We've seen it over the years. And David, you and I talked about this actually in our last podcast from Mexico. You know, when you're competing, whether it be rallies or drivers from the Southern Hemisphere, when you're having to establish yourself as a rally, as a driver, you have to do things differently. You know, mm. if you're competing against rallies in Europe, remember you're, you know, you're, <laughs> you're running you're at the wrong, wrong time of the night in Europe. You're, uh, you're running in the South Island of New Zealand, which, you know, not, not so many people know about. So you have to do things differently. And the organisers understand that. And over the years, they've always done a, a, an amazing job in promoting the rally and bringing out, you know, generally big names, big name drivers. And we talk about that with the Rosendale Escort, you know. Uh, they, they pay to bring out big drivers and, and, and yeah. the biggest drivers in the world go out there. And that is how 
that's one of the ways that they've promoted the rally in the past. And as you say, this year, um, because of the, the COVID issues, uh, I think Miko Hervinen was actually due to go out. He was due to go out certainly in 2020, and I think he was due to go out in 2021. So he's the next, if you like, big-name driver they've got lined up. I know Petter Solberg is another driver that they're desperate to get out there. Um, you but know, this is the, Os- this, just on. to jump in, Carl, this is the point. You know, you, you say they bring them out. They bring them out, but then they have to bring them back out because it's so good they all want a second go, don't they? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And and, and fair play to them. You know, they, they understand the value of, of promoting rallies. You know, they're not just about, you know, it's not a criticism of other rallies, but, but a lot of rallies around the world are almost slightly insular in that, you know, they don't care. You know, we put on a great rally and that's all that matters. Well, in some ways, yeah, it is all that matters, but, but people want to know about your rally. If your rally is going to grow, if it's going to become, uh, you know, a, a bigger event in, in years to come, you have to promote it. And, and the guys in the South Island around Dunedin appreciate that. And that's why they've, they've, they've developed this legend of the Rosendale Escort. And uh, yeah, it, it, is, it is something a little bit special that you don't often see. But as I say, it's what they have to do because of, because of where they are and, and all the rest. And um, yeah. it, is, it is something a bit special that, that your know, other rallies could learn from. And just a little bit of detail, as we said, it starts on uh, Friday, so runs Friday the eighth of April, Saturday the ninth, and Sunday the tenth, and it's a proper event. Is you know, day it's one proper. is nine stages, one hundred and forty-four kilometers, uh, and the following day is eight stages, one hundred and thirty-three kilometers, and and great roads, and culminating in the in the 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 famous Curry Bush stage. Uh, and, yeah, that's a heck yeah. of a stage. Heck and, of a stage. Yeah, and. Lead leading, I mean, the the guy that everybody is going to be watching, apart from Fangadan and uh, and Hamish Bond, is bound to be Hayden Padden, who has recently announced that he will be coming back to the WRC, competing in WRC two in a Hyundai I twenty. Padden, you know, he's he's made New Zealand rallying his own. He's a five time New Zealand champion. he, he he's got some competition. He's a he's a W he's a WRC event he, winner. Yeah. And fought at the fought at the fought at the front of Thousand Lakes, right? Yeah. You know. He, but he goes into these into these events in New Zealand, and he's very very respectful of the competition that he's got. Um, but at the same time, he does kind of know that he's going to win, doesn't he? Um, and this is his point now. Is he's got he's got he's got to avoid punctures and problems like anyone else. But, but his his but his point, George, not a massive problem in New Zealand, right? Right is, now is to go for stage times. You know, he yeah. looks to win stages. Yeah. Uh, and and that's his own mm. benchmark. But he is, but like you say, not, not just winning stages, David. He, he looks to stage improve his stage times from previous years. He looks. He's always yeah. looking at. at mm-hmm. You know, he challenges himself against himself. Yeah. Uh, and that that's how he that's how he continually motivates himself. There's well, no complacency. He's keeping. He's keeping his career alive, at least internally, and and I, I gosh, I dearly hope that he can get back to WRC this year in in the in the in the two car. That's great. But uh, did you work with I'd him at Subaru? Him back in a, uh, not not as no, such. Um, obviously, we 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 did it we did it in in Group N, and I was around Hayden for many years when he was with his with his own car, his Mitsubishi. Mm. Um, he's an inspiration, isn't he? We. He's he's a very very interesting guy and and uh, you know it was very difficult for him. He stayed with me here uh, in uh, in Scotland for two or three nights when he moved to Europe. He came and stopped with us for a couple of couple of days and we had a nice time. Um, he uh, 
but he, you know, it's sometimes difficult to follow the advice and 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 uh, and do what he did. And I mean, I, I don't I don't know what happened with him at Hyundai. I mean, it's it's worth it's worth talking about it. But uh, um, I know that he was offered drives, and then they then they evaporated. Yeah, but they so they evaporated when story when was... Sebastian Loeb arrived. I think that was the that was the problem. What, what, was that the yeah, was the, that the main Loeb issue? Came. Was it? Loeb, okay. Michel Mondon had done yeah. a deal with Loeb. And essentially, Sebastian Loeb mm. came and, and, and took Hayden's seat. You know, Hayden was definitely, he was going to be a full-time driver. Um, and then... And, and the, the, the thing is, you know, he's, he's, he, he's doing the right things now, you know, and that's all in the past. So he's, he's getting himself yeah. back into the championship. Yeah. And yes, it is a rally two car, but we've seen it in the past. You know, we've seen it in the past. You get yourself in with a team, you're there, you're around the peripheries of the team, and an opportunity presents itself. And then all of a sudden, bang, you're in the car. You're in the Rally 1 car. And we saw it with Temo Sunan at the end of last year, didn't we? Where, where he jumped in for yeah. or Tanak. Um, you know, you've got, to be, you've got to be there. This, again, is part of the problem that, that, that drivers from the Southern Hemisphere have always faced. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's getting yourself in front of the right people on a regular basis. And mm -hmm. Biden's going to do that. Yeah. You know, is, he, is he too old for it? Is he past it? I don't think so. I don't think no. so. Because I, I still think he's improving. And I still think that he has something to offer the World Rally Championship. And, and you know what? You, know, you get him back in that car. You get him back, back up to speed in the World Rally Championship, in the Rally 2 cars, which we know are ultra-competitive just now um, in terms of the competition. You know, I, I, I still think I, I'd, be, I'd be tempted if an opportunity suddenly came up, be it at M Sport or more likely at Hyundai or wherever it might be, you know, you would say, well, actually, actually, with the head that he's got, the experience that he's got, the pace that he's shown in the past, Patton could well be your man ahead of any of the other obvious contenders. Well, Colin, he's, 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 he's a driver that, that did drive very well, but and just looking at it externally, and, and he, he, would maybe, he would maybe hate me for what I'm about to say, but he hadn't reached full maturity. Yeah. You know, mm. he still had more to go. He was still gathering the experience and and we know that experience counts for everything and with with some drivers it, it doesn't you know uh, some some drivers never reach maturity uh, and and we won't go through that list I just give us one but, but just give us yeah. one come on george uh, no 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 not, not on this conversation that's, an, that's another podcast but the uh, but but Hayden, you know, being so analytical sometimes you can analyze yourself out of existence I'm I'm going to give you and one seen, george, can I give you one it's controversial okay Yari Mati Latvala. Never, uh, never, never yes, got there. Never, absolutely, never, never sussed himself out. He won, he won how now, many rounds, but never, now, never but got you, there. You speak to, you speak mm. to Yari now. Yari will will freely admit to the shortcomings he had, yeah. uh, and realizes now what he what he could have done differently. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, which which is very frustrating for someone like me that worked with him, you know, a little bit in two thousand and six, two thousand and seven. Uh, I always liked him prior to that, and and always kept very close touch with them it was it was very frustrating to to see him continuing to make those those errors which he knew how to avoid but he always got tempted into a, a fight or or a or a, an incorrect sort of process or not not being quite patient enough at times um which is the biggest thing but you know hayden i've seen hayden used to get tied up i need to test i need to test i need to test actually hayden I don't think you do need to test. I'd, I'd, I'd actually just take you and put you in a car on a rally and, and you would Im immediately perform. 
people test themselves out of existence as well. They get confused with car setups. Yeah. They get they don't get confused with it. That's unfair to say that. Um, but they a fog descends around you. You're trying to gather all the information up, and you end up with just a fog of information. And actually, just get into the car and drive the damn thing, would you? So, um, which is probably what we're seeing some of these racing drivers yeah. down in the in in the, in the southern hemisphere managing to do. It's fa fabulous. But no, I would I would I would put money on Hayden uh, producing the goods, given you know uh, even a small program, you know three or four rallies in a WRC car right now. I would say that the guy would be right back at the front. And certainly, um, certainly, you know, a, a lot, a lot better than than some of the crop currently driving WRC cars. That's where I, that's where I would expect him to end up. You know, right near the front within three or four rallies. So here's a question for you then. So bring back Gary Matilavola. He was 37 last week, I think. Absolutely not past it. And if he's no, learned totally. enough. Would you? Could he? Could he come back? Could he cut it again? Yeah, I I suspect he could. But, but I George, don't have any question, compunction about that at the, all. The big question, George, is you know, as you mentioned, his decision making, his choices. He made poor choices at critical moments in his yes, career. Yeah. Is is he is he mature enough now to actually make the right choices? Latvala, I spoke to Latvala three years ago, uh, two years ago when when he was looking for a seat. I think it was the first year. When was that? First year out of Volkswagen mm -hmm. was more than that, wasn't it? It was years and years ago. First year that he was sitting, not doing anything. Uh, and he said, look, I, to be honest with you, I'm looking forward to these cars that are coming in 2020, 2022. He said, because they'll suit my driving style better. Um, I think it's just a shame that we've not seen him in one. Uh, he would have been mm -hmm. right there because, remember, you know, there, were, there were decisions to be made at M Sport about the driver lineup. If Lapvala had still been available, I'm sure he would have been pretty high up on Malcolm Wilson's uh, pick list. Categorically, of course he would have been. So, guy, of course he would And the be. guy that had, that had essentially been at the forefront of mm -hmm. Yari Matti's mind, you know, Sebastian Ogier has now departed full-time yeah. rallying. So without him... The guy him, that got in his head, David, head. that got yeah. in his head. And, and yeah. you know, it, it would be interesting in a few years' time when, you know, when people have moved away from the sport and, and, and you know, because Latval is still very central to the sport and Ogier is still very central to the sport. But in a few years' time, maybe 10 or 15 years' time, when they've moved away, uh, things have settled down a little bit. It would be really interesting to have an in-depth chat with Latvala because in some ways, in some ways, you could argue that perhaps Ogier destroyed Latvala. Oh, I think. I 100%. Think, I think Ogier destroyed Latvala. Um, and Latvala would have achieved a whole lot more had he not allowed Ogier. And I don't blame Ogier for that. I no, really Ogier did his know, job. He did his job. He, <laughs> he, he, he recognised a weakness. He, he knew his strengths. He recognised an opponent's weakness. And he used his strengths. And he exploited his, expo his, his opponent's weaknesses to mm. achieve greatness. And that is what the very best do. Uh, so, the, so I think we should just say, make a date in your diary for the, the first week of April 2032. Uh, and we will have that podcast for you. <laughs> the exclusive insight into how Sebastian Ogier ruined Yerry Matty Latvala. But yeah. just just a whiz back to uh, to, yeah. to to um, South to Island. For the... Yeah, obviously it is, as we said, first round of the Brian Green Property Group New Zealand Rally Championship. Hayden Padden is the first car away. Uh, but then we've got the likes of Robbie Stokes in a, an AP4, a Fiesta AP4, Ben Hunt, uh, and obviously Emma Gilmore, uh, a great mm -hmm. talent that we saw, Emma, at the, uh, the Women in Motorsports Summit in, in Seattle. 
Emma Gilmore, I mean, somebody who is really making a name for herself now, part of the McLaren Extreme E team, and just actually a hugely competent driver, isn't she? Yeah, it's astonishing. What Remind me what she's driving, David, in Otago. She, it's a, a Suzuki Swift, a, an oh, AP4 that, car. Now, I, I know exactly why she's driving that car, but that 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 just has uh, deflated me. No. Deflated me totally. Um, but she she, they use a stock engine, though, don't they? They're... No, mate, honestly, that car, they, they, it's just so disappointing. Emma's got <laughs> enormous talent. And, you know, no, honestly, you know what? It, it is it is a wonderful story. You know, Emma Gilmore, um, we remember her from, was it the Junior World Rally Championship she was in all those years ago? You know, she was reasonably regular in the World Rally Championship. Uh, Rhiannon Gelsomino next to her. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and then she went back home and she took over the family business, which is a Suzuki dealership, which is why she's driving a Suzuki. Uh, and, and, you know, she was still doing rallies in New Zealand. I don't remember, the, since I've been following New Zealand rallying, I don't remember her finishing a rally in that Suzuki. It is so, or they found it so difficult to build reliability into that car. She's had a couple of really good stages and then something breaks. And that's mm. been the story, certainly, mm-hmm. of the last four or five years. They're developing that car themselves, and it's just not worked, and it's it's a real shame. But the story is remarkable. You know, she she's more or less given up on 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 doing much more than just the odd round of the New Zealand Championship. This opportunity came along in Extreme E, and my goodness me, talk about grasping the opportunity and making the most of it. Emma's done that, and and uh, and it's a great story. It's great to see. I, I'm just. I would just, I know why she's doing it. They, they, they do own a Suzuki dealership and clearly there is brand loyalty there. But I would love, I would dearly love to see her in a car that was perhaps established, established as a reliable car, knowing that, you know, as long as she yeah. doesn't break that car, as long as she doesn't do anything silly, that car should get her to the end of the rally. Then yeah. we would see. She would be, she would be a top three or four I think so, driver George. if I, she was in the I, same machinery. She's, so. she's, she's so. very, very talented, very, very good technical so. driver. Yeah. Well, she, as far as that last edge goes, I'm, I'm not taking anything away from her saying that she's never, she's never lived at that that bleeding edge of the sport, but she's very, very close to it. Incredibly good driver. I think just to. Uh... I just dived into our friends at EWRC and she did finish a couple of events at the back end of 2020, third on the Bay of Plenty. So, I can, but yeah, you're dead right, Cole. You know, steering issues mm-hmm. on Otago last year, transmission issues in, in mm-hmm. Whangarei. Uh, so yeah, she struggled. One of the interesting things about Otago for me and for New Zealand rallying is that for a lot of years, they really struggled to get rally to what were then R5 cars down there. Uh, obviously, yeah. the geography of the place means that it is difficult. It's very expensive well, to ship out spare parts, but um, Todd Borden is is starting a Targa this weekend in a brand new Fiesta R5 or Rally Two, sorry, a Mark Two car. Yeah. Fantastic yeah, they, that those cars are getting down there now. Yeah, the other thing, David, is that that um, a bit like if you like Ireland, you know, there was there was a bit of pushback against the left-hand yeah. drive cars. Yeah, you know? uh, the yeah. vast vast majority of drivers down there. Are driving right-hand drive cars, and you know when they were looking at, at importing cars, that is, you know, I know a couple of guys were looking at the Proton because the Proton was obviously yes. homologated as a right-hand yeah, drive that's, car, that's a- and there were some serious inquiries about getting a few Protons down there. But but yeah, to have a, a brand new, a brand new uh, Rally Two car out there, it's going to be interesting. It'll be interesting to see how that competes against the AP4s. You know, we we saw in the Australian Championship at the weekend, we saw Neil, uh, sorry Harry Bates again in the AP4 car against some very, very good Rally 2 cars, he absolutely wiped the floor with them. Uh, so, 
Um, you know, it'll be interesting if, to see how that Rally 2 car stacks up in, in New Zealand. And if you do want to have a good in-depth look at the comparison between an AP4 car and a Rally 2 car, yeah. our friend Hayden Padden has made a fabulous video explaining the differences for us. So go to dirtfish.com, go to our YouTube channel, and it is all explained there uh, brilliantly by well. Hayden. That's And that's another great thing about Hayden is, you know, his ability to explain stuff uh, to, to Luddites like you and I, Cole, certainly not you, George. Well, not no, not to me, David. Not not you. To me, the Luddites <laughs> like me. I'm happy to put my hand up and say I'm the only Luddite in the room here. Nonsense. <laughs> Absolutely. No, no, no. Yeah, listen, the other thing we have to talk about... Well, is, is, is Luddite... A, is that a step up from a troglodyte? <laughs> a troglodyte's a cave dweller. So what's a That's Luddite? Me. Is a Luddite not some sort of religious group that, yeah. that, that, was, that yeah, wasn't on, accepting that anything that like you, the world's no, flat, etc.? I, I can't. For me, a luddite is somebody technically incompetent. So apologies if I've. Yeah, that's that. That's you haven't offended me. You haven't offended me. At no, 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 normal self call. David. <laughs> and, and a, a troglodyte's a cave dweller. Right. There we go. We're learning. Yeah, listen, guys. The other thing we beautiful, beautiful artists. We to, They've got lots going for them. The other thing we have to talk about, guys, with 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 Otago, <laughs> and we've mentioned this a few times on the podcast, uh, is the the entry list, the entry list, and and the number of. Yeah women on the entry list. Now, I, I guessed it was around 40%, but someone, thank goodness, actually added it all up. And it is 40% of the entry list are women. It's brilliant. It's astonishing. It yeah. is absolutely, talk about equal opportunities. You know, there's no talk about that in New Zealand because it exists. It exists rallyings for everyone. You yeah. know, I've talked about them before. My friends, uh, the Hudson family, Rocky Hudson and his lovely wife and his young daughter and young, young even younger son, a family of co-drivers. His young son had done something like, and I kid you not, when I met him, just, just, he was just short of his 16th birthday. And I think he'd done something like 23 rallies. And he wasn't even 16. <laughs> he wasn't even 16. You know, his daughter was, was, was uh, I think, about 18, 19. Uh, and she was, she was a veteran, <laughs> you know, um, because they'd been going to rallies with their mum and dad all their lives, all of their lives. Uh, they're a massive Subaru family. They're a massive family of co-drivers, a massive rally family. And, and that's what they've got in New Zealand. They've, they, they've promoted that, not, not, not women in motorsport as such, they've promoted families in motorsport. Yeah. Uh, and and it, it is an astonishing success story. And it, it amazes me that it doesn't get more attention. You know, we, we, we have um, you, you know, some, some wonderful initiatives by the FIA. Uh, and we had, obviously, Women's Month at, at Dirtfish. Um, but there is a part of the world, certainly for rallying, okay, if, if we, women in motorsport, if we, if we drill down and say women in rallying, uh, there is a part of the world, there is a rally, which is getting it right. And if there's someone that's getting it right, then you get down there, you find out what they're doing, you create a blueprint for it, and you copy it. Mm. You know, for me, it's dead, dead simple. Dead simple. Oh, you're, uh, you're right, they are. It, it's, part, it's, partly, it's partly a culture thing as well. But Yeah, but George, but, but that's about think, promoting you know, a culture then. You know, if, if it's a cultural thing, that's great because well, cause, cause cultures can always be influenced and promoted. Mm. You know, uh, you know if, there's, if that's all it is, then great. You know, you can replicate mm. that. You can replicate that, that atmosphere, that feeling, that, that, uh, that desire um, to, to make it into a family sport. And as I say, it is not, it is not about promoting women in motorsport. It is about promoting families in motorsport. And maybe, just maybe, that is the key to it. I, I don't know. But that's, it, it is always the way, isn't it, with New Zealand? It's, it's the same, you know, if you go to a rugby match on a Saturday, the, it's a family day out. 
Uh, and it, it's it's fabulous. But just we've talked a, a lot about um, the, the this team Rosendale Mark II Escort, but obviously there are some other entries on the, uh, the Otago International Classic <laughs> Rally, <laughs> and some great cars. Mm. You know, Paul Kendrick in a in a one three one R Bath. A whole bunch of Toyota starlets out there. Obviously, the Mark II Escort is is a very popular car of choice. Uh, but all the way through, Nissan Bluebird Turbo, that Mazda RX-7 call that you were talking about, a female co-driver, Donna Elder in there. Yeah, uh, with, with lovely lad. John, John yeah. Silcock. You know, great, great cars. Uh, and there's a Group B Toyota Celica there just for you. Uh, George with Dan Boost driving it from Christchurch. It, it is... It's it's wrong. It's wrong that I'm not there. That's all I can say. It's just wrong. It's, and and next year, you know, I, next I think year we should all reconvene there next year. I really do. I think there's a definite danger if we all get down there next year, we may never come back. Yeah, some people would like that, David. <laughs> yes, absolutely, Cole. some people will. Maybe they'll start a GoFundMe page to send us, <laughs> to send us there. there. Please do feel free. Otago <laughs> is the place to be, uh, especially this weekend coming up. Well, I I reckon, Lise, I think we're probably... Uh, Lisa's been very quiet. Uh, she's just sat back and listened. <laughs> she can fill in yeah. there. It's very yeah, and I do I do apologise to, to everyone for disappearing uh, part of the way through. Was it an important call? Um, I'm, 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 it was an important Good. call, yes, an offshore call. So uh, we've got uh, various um, issues. Uh, just for anyone that doesn't know, I look after... Um, Lots of oh. safety equipment offshore. So, uh, okay, that I, is I, very important. Call all the time. Can, can, can I tell you? Can I just it tie is. in? Can I it tie is. in? I watched some great movies on the flight home from Mexico, by the way. Did you? Um, yeah. We're not asleep, Colin. No, no. Well, well I, 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 tell us about I, the I, movies. I tried Colin, to pace on. it. I tried to pace it so that I kind of started the jet lag early. I thought if I fall asleep now, then that's not a great idea. So, watch a couple of movies and then fall asleep. Um, but the problem was, so I, I watched a couple of movies, decent movies, fell asleep, woke up a bit early. Thought I'll put on another movie, uh, but didn't have enough time to finish it. That, that, oh. That's 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 just that's just schoolboy error. But George, it was about the um, what was the oil rig that blew up in the Gulf of Mexico? Oh my goodness! A, a terribly yeah. tragic story. Terrib- yeah, deep, 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 yeah. water, deep, deep water, water horizon with yeah. Mark Wahlberg. Unbelievable! Oh my goodness me! What a film! What a movie! What yeah. a movie! And yeah. you know it's so good. It is so yeah. good. I am seriously considering spending two pounds ninety nine to get it on Amazon Prime to watch the end of it. I That's thought you were going to say it's so good you're considering a change of career and you're going to have no, George oh, looking after safety in the North oh, Sea. No, no, I couldn't do it because I could, I really couldn't do it. I saw them coming in and they've got these wonderful shots, the helicopter coming in and landing on the helipad. And then they get all get out of the helicopter <laughs> and you're on that pad a million feet up in the air. And I'm thinking, I couldn't get out of the helicopter. That would be the end of my career. I'd have go, you, nope, not getting out. Have I'm you been out to an oil rig, George? Uh, on, on quite a few occasions, Is it, yes. Is it scary? Oh, yes. Uh, yes and no. That's um, a yes for you and I, Carl. Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've yeah yes and no. I mean, the the, the, hel- the helicopters. I, I, I remember one on one flight out to uh, out to I can't remember which which oil rig I was going out to. I think I was going out to the Armada oil rig, which is quite a small one. Yeah, it was that one. And we stopped. We stopped on the way. We had we had a we had a flyby on a on a jack up. Uh, so the the the, the three legged jack up rigs that you see floating, and then they put their legs down. Those are drilling rigs. Not production rigs, so they're, they're, they they move around. They just do drilling. Um, we landed on one of those, and there's about ten cranes on this on this jack up, 
and and of course you've got this, the big legs sticking up and there's wires and cables and I mean I, I was I was I never take a window seat because um, uh, uh, just just because the experienced people really kind of bully themselves to their way to the front so they can get a window seat so they can rest their head against the window because everybody falls asleep on the flight. It's a long flight. But yours truly, of course. It's about an hour and ten oh minutes generally. Wow. To to it can be as much as an hour and forty minutes, but uh, the uh, it's about one hundred and ten, hundred and fifteen nautical miles east of Aberdeen, and you can sort of go northeast and southeast. Mm. So that there's about a hundred mile tranche there um, where you can uh, so you, you kind of go out on radials, and it's it's hundred about one hundred twenty miles. But we landed on this uh, this jack up rig, and. All we seem to do, I'm sitting in the middle seat and I've got a view out the front window a little bit, but quite a narrow perspective because I'm sitting about four metres, maybe three metres behind the door into the cockpit, which is open. So I've got a view of some of the instruments, which I quite like, and I'm watching the pilots and um, I've got a peripheral view out the side windows, but again, a very narrow perspective. And all I can see is cables mm -hmm. and we seem to be going underneath ladders and also we're not, but... Just think it yourself, geez, I really, really, really don't like this. This is horrible right. landing on this. We seem to fly through cables and stanchions and posts and all sorts of things. That was the that was the appearance of it to me. And then we landed on our oil rig, which is okay. But when you land on the oil rig, it's it's very, very strict what you do. You know, you're wearing heads, you've got double ear protection in, so you've got little earplugs you put in and then headphones over the top. The headphones are are not uh, vocal ones, they're just they're sound deadeners. Uh, you've got your your uh, immersion suit on. Uh, you've got training shoes over the immersion shoes. Uh, you've got a, a, immersion a, a, shoes. The, sorry, the light immersion <laughs> immersion suit. Immersion, immersion suit. suit. Sorry. Immersion suit. Okay, so that immersion is basically suit. So a dry suit. A dry if you suit. fall in, you're not going to sink. Uh, no, no, no. It doesn't stop you sinking. It stops you getting wet. So therefore, <laughs> getting cold. And you've got you've got in winter. You've got to have three layers of clothes. In summer, you can you can drop that down to two underneath the immersion suit. It's all very strictly controlled. And then you've got your life jacket on and your your breathing equipment on as well, which you've all been trained to use. And you get off the helicopter at the other end, and and so you're out on the deck. And it's windy. You know, it's usually quite windy. But very rare, rarely calm. And you know, you immediately get battered by the wind. Mm smell of jet fuel because the helicopter blades are still turning. You're not the, really selling it to us. Core, course. <laughs> core crew, the core going. crew have unloaded the bags. Oh, wait for it. Now, the core crew have unloaded the bags at the back of the, the helicopter. You've got to pick up your bags. So you can have as many as two, but you've got to have one hand free. So you've got to have one bag over your shoulder, one bag in your hand, because when you're walking down any stairs, and there's stairs everywhere, you can imagine you must hold the, the, the banister. You've got to hold the, the handrail. And I have the very first flight I went out, I saw a guy who I'm not quite sure what he was, but he would have been needed out there for whatever. But he uh, he got off the flight. We walked down through the steps. Uh, I'd struggled because the bag I had, the, the shoulder strap had broken earlier in the, in the day. So I had two bags to try and carry and had to hold the handrail. And I, I was very conscious of the fact that I'd just finished the training and it was very, very strict. And the specific training for the, that particular flight was uh, site-specific and they were very clear about what you did. We walked down the steps into the wee room and before we even got our kit off, uh, we were all held in a little area outside this wee room and there was, there was about 20 of us. 
and uh, the, the OIM said, uh, said us, I'm the OIM, my name's such and such, uh, I'm, I'm going to give you the, 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 the briefing uh, this afternoon. Um, in a few minutes, we'll let you get all your gear off and store your bags there just now. Uh, that'll be in five minutes. But in the meantime, and he walked past me to a guy just uh, just literally stopped beside me. He'd been in front of me as he'd been walking down the stairs. Uh, he said, "You, what's your name? And the guy says his name. He said, right, you just uh, keep all your kit on. You're going back to shore straight away. <sighs> oh, what's the, prob what's the problem? He said, never mind. He said, you're going back to shore. That was it. No, no explanation, nothing. We went into the briefing 10 minutes later. He comes in, introduces himself again. Da, 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 da. We get all the story from him. He said, OK, that one of your colleagues that came out there, uh, he said, I don't care who he was uh, at all, but he, he disobeyed the very first safety instruction, the very first rule we have, which was he walked down the stairs holding both his hands. He didn't bother to hold the hand banisters and didn't make any effort to do so. He said, if that guy can't follow that basic safety mm. rule, he's putting us all at risk. What else will? What else is he prepared to ignore? Sent them straight back to shore. Wow, that yeah. it sounds a lot like uh, the, yeah. the Clark household. That's how you bring the children up, isn't it, Carl? hundred percent. Yeah, it is very, very strict. <laughs> very strict. <laughs> well, yeah. I think but, that was a, a fantastic way to to end this uh, this podcast, all about the. Yeah, Otago International Classic. Apologies, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. No, no, George, George, well, I, they, I would listen to your stories every every minute of every Lisa, day. Lisa, Lisa will cut this out. She won't. Lisa, Lisa will, Lisa cut will not out. cut this out, I'm sure. I'm staying uh, in. <laughs> absolutely. So, boys. Okay. Uh, and Lisa, obviously, uh, looking forward to a great, great weekend rallying down under. Uh, obviously, tune in to dirtfish.com. Um, for all of the news, uh, Cole, yeah. you're gonna you're gonna do a bit of a night shift, uh, and I am put together some videos for us um so yeah, and, and it's it's great it's great because obviously uh you know there isn't any live tv coverage of the rally itself but but our friends down in otago keep an eye on their facebook page as well the otago rally facebook page uh and uh, there will be updates from every single stage so there'll be video updates there'll be yep. uh, written updates from every single stage of the otago rally on their facebook page so yeah big so right and big... I, I follow i i follow chris grant's page is it chris sport yeah he, he's yep. got he's got great results service on that yep. as well that's good and the odd story that fires out from there too but Brilliant. a big shout out to paul mullen as well who is the Absolutely. the the videographer and editor down there who's going to oh, be excellent. helping us a, a great guy yeah and otagorally.com as well have a look at that oh uh, by the way yes go uh, can, I, can i tell you about the book that i finished reading eventually <laughs> eventually <laughs> oh can, can i or not of course i'm yeah, sure quickly Dunko, Ross Dunkerton, your ah, multiple yes. Australian rally champion. He's been down and competed at Otago as well. Finished reading his autobiography. Oh, my goodness me. We can't recommend it highly enough. I think we're going to try and serialise some of it exactly. on dirtfish.com. Yeah, no, it that's... might have to be just slightly adapted for a family audience, some of it. <laughs> but honestly, honestly, it, one of the best rally books I have ever read. Just a great, great, just a, a rollicking ride through the the greatest i think probably the greatest for, period for anyone rally. that for anyone that doesn't know Ro ross dunkerton or who he is apart from the fact that he was a multiple champion in australia ah. uh ross, ross dunkerton looks like crocodile he dundee does. before he, crocodile yeah. dundee looked <laughs> like born. crocodile before dundee crocodile dundee was yeah. even thought about and dunko is the original yeah. crocodile dundee but George, I, I fully every page I turned, I thought I'm going to get a mention of George Donaldson here because it kind of it slightly mirrors at times your career with Asia Pacific and uh, and Toyota and all of these things. Um, but it was just the best read. So many stories, um, and just 
just a different sort of generation with different skills, different crafts, different motivations for doing rallying. But ultimately, just, just about having a huge amount of fun along the way. It was great. So anyway, I just thought I'd mention keep, that. So, keep an eye on dirtfish.com yeah. because we will... Colin, you are our chief Ross Dunkerton, Dunko correspondent. Get in touch I with am. him, and oh, you are in touch with him. We uh, will get that book, the 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 family friendly bits of it on on <laughs> dirtfish.com. Chaps, I think it's it's time to go. Uh, I'm already seven minutes late for another call. No, no, uh, David, run. So yes, indeed. So we will catch up after the Otago International Classic Rally and the obviously the first round of the Brian Green Property Group. New Zealand Rally Championship. So good luck to everybody over there and thanks very much. See ya. Excellent. Thank you, guys. Bye. Great. Bye bye. We'll speak soon.